For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the spiritual battle between Jacob and Esau. This is part six of the series. So let's summarize this part of the teaching where we looked at not only the birth of Jacob and Esau and the words that are said to them by their father Isaac when he was blessing them in Genesis chapter 27, but also in Genesis chapter 32 when Jacob was returning from being with Laban for 20 years and was returning to the land and encountered Esau along the way. The way in which we studied and examined and understood these things were as follows. Number one, biblical history is prophecy. And what happened to the forefathers is a prophecy of what will happen to their descendants. Therefore, number two, the conflict between Jacob and Esau at their birth is a prophecy of the conflict between them that will go on in each generation until the final generation of this age in the end of the exile which is associated with the coming of the Messiah. Number three, the Hebrew word for twins is spelled defectively when referring to the birth of Jacob and Esau. And this is a prophecy that while being twins, they were not identical twins, not only physically, but also in the fact that they had two different opposing worldviews. Number four, when Jacob grabbed Esau's heel, it was a prophecy that at the end, a play in Hebrew for the word Jacob, which is Yaakov, that at the end, Jacob would prevail over Esau, but only in Messianic times. Number five, when Jacob confronted Esau in Genesis chapter 32, and as a result was afraid and distressed, it was a prophecy of the end of days, which Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7 referred to as Jacob's trouble, when the events in the world will cause Jacob to be greatly afraid. Number six, when Esau kissed Jacob in Genesis chapter 33, the Hebrew text as expressed in a Torah scroll where there are dots above the Hebrew, he kissed him, has a deeper hidden spiritual meaning regarding this event signifying as a prophecy that rather than reconciling with Jacob, Esau's heart intent continued to be to harm Jacob. Number seven, when Jacob wrestled with the angel until the break of dawn, it is a prophecy of Jacob wrestling, particularly the part of Jacob's family, the branch known as the southern kingdom or the house of Judah or the Jewish people, that they will wrestle regarding whether Yeshua is the Messiah, 
until Yeshua returns and ends the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel. So next we're going to continue to look at the things associated with the end time battle between Jacob and Esau. And once again, we're going to remind ourselves from Genesis chapter 36 verse 8 that the following is stated. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. So historically, Esau lived in Mount Seir. And in Ezekiel chapter 35, there's a prophecy against Mount Seir or Edom or Esau. In Ezekiel chapter 35, verses 1 and 2, it is written, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it. The art scroll commentary to the book of Ezekiel, page 542, is that Mount Seir, which this prophecy is directed, is the home of the Edomites, the descendants of Jacob's brother Esau. Genesis chapter 36, verse 1, verses 8 and 9. And this commentary also contains the principle from Radok that Esau will fall at the time of the redemption, when Jacob is redeemed. Continuing in the prophecy regarding Mount Seir, or Edom, or Esau, in Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 10, where the prophecy is that Esau would say that these two nations and these two lands will be mine and we will inherit them. The commentary in the art scroll of Ezekiel, page 545, according to the interpretation of Rashi, is that these two nations are Israel and Judah, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And then in Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 14, it reads, Thus says the Lord God, When all the world rejoices, I will make you, Esau, most desolate. The commentary to the art scroll of Ezekiel on page 547 is as follows. When all the world rejoices, this is a reference to Messianic times. As we can see from Psalm chapter 97, verse 1, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of the isles be glad therein. So the whole world is going to rejoice when God reigns over the world, and this is when he sets up his messianic kingdom on the earth. In continuing to look at this prophecy about Esau, or Mount Seir, in Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 2, the God of Israel says in Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 3, I am against you, O Mount Seir, because, in Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 5, you have a perpetual hatred, and you've shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword in the time of their calamity, in the time that their iniquity had an end. What is the time of their calamity? It's a reference to the tribulation period. And what is the time that their iniquity had an end? It's the end of the exile. So this prophecy is about the end of days, when Esau would shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword. So in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 10, the book of Obadiah is written as a prophecy against Edom or Esau. It says about him in verse 10, For your violence against your brother Jacob, shame will cover you and you'll be cut off forever. And this word for violence, this is Strong's number 2555, and it's the Hebrew word Hamas. One of the names of the Palestinian terror organizations is Hamas. The prophecy about Esau in Ezekiel chapter 35 continues in Ezekiel chapter 36, where in verses 1 and 2 it is written, Son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, You mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. 
For thus says the Lord, because the enemy has set against you, aha, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. The enemy is defined in Ezekiel chapter 35 as Esau. And the prophecy is that Esau would say that the mountains of Israel, which biblically is Judea and Samaria, which the world calls the West Bank, and the mountains of Israel includes Jerusalem, because Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains. The response of the God of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 5 is as follows. Therefore, thus says the Lord, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the nations and against all Edomia, or Esau, who has appointed my land for their possession with the joy of all their heart, with the spiteful minds to cast it out for a prey. So the word Edomia is the Strong's number 123 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, and Edomia is the Latin form of the biblical name Edom or Esau, which means red. So the nations of the world, particularly the Western nations, Europe and the United States, wants to see the establishment of the state of Israel alongside a Palestinian state based upon the United Nations General Assembly vote of November 29th. 1947 and subsequent UN Security Council resolutions. However, the nations and the Palestinians who want a Palestinian state do not have pure motive and pure intent. They have despiteful minds and they want to cast out Jacob as a prey. It's prophesied in Psalm chapter 83 that the tents of Esau wants to make the name of Israel to cease to exist as it is written. From Psalm 83, verses 2 through 5. For lo, your enemies make a tumult, and they that hate you have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people, and consulted against your hidden ones. For they have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may no more be in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are a confederate against you. Verse 6. Who's heading this confederacy? We are told that the confederacy is called the tabernacles or the tents of Edom or Esau. So the tents of Esau wants to make the name of Israel to cease to exist. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. In the end of days, Esau will say that the mountains of Israel, a reference to what the world calls the West Bank, but biblically is Judea and Samaria, as well as Jerusalem, that the nations will say, and Esau will thus say that the mountains of Israel belongs to him instead of Jacob. And as a result, number two, in the end of days, Esau wages a war of violence against Jacob, wanting him to not exist anymore. However, number three, the Bible prophesies that Jacob will defeat Esau in the end of days. So the last thing that we're going to cover in this teaching on the spiritual battle between Jacob and Esau, and in particularly the end time battle between them that is associated with the last generation, including the time of Jacob's trouble, the tribulation period, and Yeshua setting his feet down on the Mount of Olives, we're going to look at Daniel's interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream as outlined in Daniel chapter 2. We're going to particularly focus on the ten toes, which we're going to see is associated with, in the end of days, Esau and Ishmael joining forces against Jacob. However, the ten toes will be crushed 
by the coming of the Messiah, when he comes to the earth to judge Esau and afterwards set up his kingdom. And the prophecies indicate that while ultimately it is the Messiah who will bring judgment upon Esau as he redeems Jacob and ends his exile and brings him back to the land of Israel, that the house of Joseph or the northern kingdom or Ephraim or the ten tribes, the non-Jewish part of the family of Jacob, needs to partner or unite with the southern kingdom of the house of Judah or the Jewish people in order to defeat Esau. And ultimately, as Esau is judged in the end of days, and the Messiah ends the exile of the house of Jacob and unites the northern kingdom, the house of Joseph, with the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, that in Messianic times there will be no envy between Ephraim and Judah. And when the Messiah ends Jacob's exile, he will judge and defeat Esau. So let's see how these things are so. To begin with, let's look at Daniel's interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel chapter 2. And we're going to begin by looking at verses 1 through 3 as it is written. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers so that they would show the king or King Nebuchadnezzar his dreams. And when he summoned them, he came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know or understand the meaning of the dream. But Nebuchadnezzar's magicians and astrologers and sorcerers could not explain to Nebuchadnezzar the meaning of the dream. However, the dream and the meaning was shown to Daniel by the God of Israel, as we can see in Daniel chapter 2 verse 19. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And as a result in Daniel chapter 2 verse 24, Daniel made a request that he be brought before King Nebuchadnezzar to show him the meaning and the interpretation of his dream. So as a result, in Daniel chapter 2 verse 25, Daniel was brought before the king. And he explained to King Nebuchadnezzar the following in Daniel chapter 2 verses 31 and 32. You, O king, saw and behold a great image. And the image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass. Verse 33, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Daniel chapter 2 verse 35, then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together and it became like a chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. So the stone that smote the image is the Messiah, and it became a great mountain because the Messiah, or Yeshua, is returning to the earth at his second coming, and once he sets his feet down the Mount of Olives, he's going to set up his kingdom, where he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years, and teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem, Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. However, we're going to focus on the ten toes of Nebuchadnezzar's dream as outlined in Daniel chapter 2 verse 41 as it is written. And whereas you saw the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom will be divided. But there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, forasmuch as you saw the iron mixed with miry clay. The word mixed is the Strong's number 6151 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And it's the Aramaic word Arab. Arab means to mix 
to mingle, to join together. And in the book of Matter of Return by Rabbi Raphael Eisenberg, he explains that the understanding of the ten toes is the iron part represents Esau and the clay Ishmael. And the explanation is given as follows. Before the coming of the Messiah, the powerful Roman Empire, Edom, will combine forces with the weaker government of Ishmael, which would be the Arabs. So the ten toes are the combined forces of Esau and Ishmael, who's going to oppose Jacob before the coming of the Messiah. In Daniel chapter 7, Daniel had a vision of four beasts. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 through 3, it is written, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Continuing in Daniel chapter 7, verse 7, it is written, After this I saw in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. It had great iron teeth, and it devoured and broke in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And as a result, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 15, Daniel was grieved in his spirit, as a result, the vision which he had seen. So, continuing on, Daniel was given the meaning and the understanding and the interpretation of this vision. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 16 and 17, it says, And Daniel was made known the interpretation, that these great beasts which are four are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. And in Daniel chapter 7, verse 23, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And in Daniel chapter 7 verse 24, the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. In the book written by Moses Nachmanides or the Ramban, the book entitled The Book of Redemption, on page 50, and in reference to Daniel's vision, given that we're told that the four beasts represents four kingdoms, Nachmanides explains that the first beast was like a lion, symbolizing the kingdom of Babylon. The second beast was like a bear, which the rabbis interpret to mean the Persians. The third beast was like a leopard, representing Greece. And the fourth beast, the rabbis explain, is Rome. And following these things, the Messiah will come and set up his kingdom. In the Torah Anthology to the Book of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, commenting to Obadiah chapter 1, verse 11, which states, When aliens entered into Israel's gates and cast lots for Jerusalem. This is a reference to Rome, that the rabbis interpret that it's the Romans who were designated as the aliens who cast lots for Jerusalem. Of course, this happened in the first century. And then in the Torah Anthology to the Book of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, page 481, in the commentary to the Book of Obadiah, it explains that the Second Temple was destroyed by Edom Rome, who were the aliens, as King Herod is a descendant of Esau. In the Book of Redemption on page 55 by Moses Nachmanides, or the Ramban, he explains that the ten kings are Roman kings. Regarding Daniel's statement about the fourth beast, where it says, As for the ten horns, out of this fourth kingdom shall ten kings arise, 
The interpretation is that there were ten emperors ruling in Rome before Titus, the one who destroyed the temple. And these ten emperors are Julius Caesar, Octavius, Tiberius, Caligula, Claudius, Nero, Galba, Otto, Vitellius, and Vespasian. In the book A Matter of Return by Rabbi Raphael Eisenberg on page 15, he shares a Midrashic interpretation that the fourth beast is descendants of Esau. That the Midrash states that the ten horns of the fourth beast represents ten kingdoms, all of them being descendants of Esau. In the book In the Garden of Torah by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson on page 37, he explains that the present exile of the past 2,000 years is known as the Roman or Edom exile. And it will conclude with the coming of the Messiah, wherein in the era of redemption it's prophesied at the end of the book of Obadiah that deliverers will go up to Mount Zion to judge the mountain of Esau and the kingdom will be the Lord's. And then in the commentary to this verse from Obadiah chapter 1 verse 21 regarding deliverers or saviors that will go upon Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau from the commentary in the art scroll of Ezekiel page 543 that the judgment or the fall of Esau will bring about the coming of the Messiah in the Messianic age. And from the Torah anthology to the book of the 12 prophets volume 1 page 465 that Esau will only be defeated in the end of days. Furthermore, from the Torah Anthology to the Book of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, that Esau will only be finally and ultimately defeated in the end of days, in the days of Elijah, who precedes the coming of the Messiah. The explanation is as follows. Nine prophets prophesied about the destruction of Edom in the future. Balaam, Obadiah, Isaiah, Joel, Amos, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Malachi, and David. These prophecies will come true with the coming of the Messiah, the Messianic era. As hinted at in the words from Genesis chapter 33, verse 14, until I come to my Lord to Seir. Writing out this phrase in the Hebrew, the end letters of the last four words spell Eliyahu or Elijah, as Elijah is seen as coming in the end of days before the coming of the Messiah. Next, we're going to share with you the principle that Judah independently of the brethren of the northern kingdom, the house of Joseph, Ephraim, the ten tribes, cannot defeat Esau. However, the northern kingdom, the house of Joseph, joining forces with Judah, will be able to defeat Esau with the help of the Messiah. In Obadiah chapter 1 verse 18 it is written, And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. And they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken it. We can see the principle that Joseph is needed to defeat Esau from the commentary to the book of Genesis from the art scroll on page 1314. As Rashi expressed it, when Rachel had given birth to Joseph, who was destined to be the adversary of Esau, or the power that would defeat him, well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject, the spiritual battle between Jacob and Esau. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.